Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 86 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boken. I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who says the urge to sing The Lion Sleeps Tonight is just a whim away, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? Good, man. Good. (laughs) Also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? That one took a minute. It was like a runway. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. sometimes. I like it. Sometimes you have to you have to build to it build up to the joke. That's right. Yeah, you said so. you had two. Yeah, I, I decided. I mean, do you, you want me to do the other one? No, no I know no, to no, talk no. about no. eighty six. <laughs> you know the number yeah, yeah. stuff. We got oh oh Heinz Ward. I Here mean, we come go. on. Yeah, Heinz go. Ward. I don't have. I don't have from the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> oh, a great I thought that was wide like a receiver yeah. for yeah. years. But Heinz Ward, Georgia Bulldog. <laughs> okay, they wore number nineteen, University of Georgia. And a little known fact for all of you Bulldog fans out there: Heinz Ward holds the passing record for the Peach Bowl. Oh, okay. He was a wide receiver, and his last year in college, we played in the Peach Bowl. Our quarterback got hurt, so he was such a great athlete. They played they him, put at him quarterback, in quarterback, and he threw for over 500 yards that's, in a bowl uh, game. <laughs> what? Wow. And, and I'm like, and that's why we were the Bulldogs in the 90s. Yeah. Maybe he should have been our quarterback all along. Yeah. What they got this guy, a wide receiver? Big yeah. fan of Heinz Ward. So 86, there you go. 86, yeah. yep. Episode number 86. A lot 80, of these. Yeah. yeah. Man. So, gentlemen, how was, uh, how was your weekend? What did you guys get up to? We, speaking of the Bulldogs, yeah. we went over to okay. uh, <laughs> right outside Athens, uh, where we used to live, close okay. to Bethlehem Church. Yeah. Brock Bowers uh, tied in for the dogs, yeah. and Brock Vandergriff, who uh, quarterback that I talked about a few weeks ago. I built Auburn fans' hopes yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only to have yeah. them dash Looks like he's going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Auburn fans. But it's they fine. did a football camp uh, for kids. <laughs> okay. And so we drove over uh, so Jacob could participate with his cousin Caleb, who's oh, also great. the same age, who also plays football. Yeah. And uh, drove awesome. over Friday night, spent the night with the parents, did that on Saturday. I got to hang out with my dad watching them do football drills. So, like, what all did he get to do? I mean, this well, is a pretty you know, cool there's experience. There's like 400 kids okay. at this camp. Okay. And so they break them up, obviously, into smaller groups, and they just rotate. They spend a set number of time at each station, and uh, nothing he hasn't done before, but sure. one mm-hmm. of the stations where they broke the, the, the groups up, so like 25, 30 kids, they broke them up, so yeah. like 10, 12, yeah. 12, sure. and Brock and Brock were the quarterbacks. Okay. So they got to play it. So this was only about 10 minutes, but Jacob did catch a touchdown pass. Whoa, nice. back up. So what? Brock Vandergriff during the little nice. scrimmage. So, so the, the Georgia player threw him yeah, a touchdown yeah. pass. So, there you go. That yeah. is core memory yeah. kind of yeah. stuff, kind man. Of that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. To, get, to get to experience that. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Well, so, that's great. A lot what of a, fun. What a neat experience. It was a good time. Yeah. Now, Matt, now, how do you follow that? <laughs> <laughs> Who did what? you catch a uh, touchdown not, pass from, Matt? I did not do that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, really, I did, it was a laid-back weekend. I, yeah. We watched uh, a Netflix series called uh, King's King of Collectibles. Okay. Uh, King Gold. Uh, we Ken need Golden. a new show. So okay. Ken Gold. Unpack I mean, this. It, it's is this one of those like screensaver shows for your mind? Like it's all yeah. on like while you're Basically, doing like yeah. you're shaving it. Well, I'm yeah. shaving in the morning and and it's all. Uh, yeah, yeah, I okay. don't shave yeah, obviously. Gotcha. Uh, but I, tri- I trim. <laughs> trim. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like I got Ken Golden. Uh, Golden Auctions. You okay. ever heard of that? It's no. like they sell like super. None of us could afford anything sure. that they're selling. Sure, sure. Uh, so it's based in reality. Yeah, okay. yeah. They're, col- they're tracking down these collectibles. Oh, uh, one it's of like them high-end is, American pickers kind of? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Right, like right, that. Gotcha. Uh, and then they auction it off, um, and they make money off of it. It's really cool. Hey, um, nothing wrong with that. Messi's God jersey bless was the USA. No <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I like well, it. That's right. <laughs> they're international, but, you ever watch that you know. show, American Pickers? <laughs> no. So these guys drive around in this van, and they just pull up. Usually it's some sort of, imagine like your granddad's old farm type place. 
and they go looking for like old Coke signs, bicycles that they can fix up and then sell what, like yeah. in these auctions. What's yeah. the one that they go to the like the storage houses and like or, oh and storage they, wars. And they pay, yeah and they pay they, like they twenty bid bucks on the different uh, storage they don't units. Know what's they in have there. no idea what's yeah, in there. And yeah. some of them will pay like twenty bucks and they'll find some awesome stuff cool. in there. <laughs> yeah. So but but the way these guys make all their money is now being on the show. It's not actually because yeah. yeah. you know we but, recently watched a series on Netflix, uh, Night Agent Night Watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Night, Night something or another. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, it's pretty suspenseful. It, yeah, kind of twenty four esque, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, we it talked is. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, got yeah. dark a few times, but yeah. it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's night. At, at it's the yeah. in the end, it all worked out. So yeah. yeah. So what was yours again? What's it called? Uh, King of Collectibles. Okay. King of the Golden okay. Touch. That's well, what it was called. There you go. We'll have to nice little subtitle. Yeah. yeah, it right. is. It's really yeah. interesting. That's why I clicked on it. All right. What'd you do, Chad? Man, our our weekend was pretty laid back as well. We so I got to spend a good amount of time with the girls this weekend, which was a great. Ava has gotten really into playing horse in our driveway. So her and I go out As there. As in basketball? Yeah, basketball. Let's go. Sorry, yeah. All right. So, um, go so, Ava. So we go out there, <laughs> and, and you got to remember, her her thing is the trick shots. Okay. So, you know, you okay. turn around backwards, oh, yeah. you try to get it yeah, through you the You sink hoop. one of those in horse. That's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Or the, uh, the you know, you bounce it on the ground, and it goes mm-hmm. in. Off so the house. The other one that she she's perfected, <laughs> and she spent a lot of time at this, was going behind the goal. And shooting it Shoot over, over and getting oh, it to go yeah, in. That's yeah, a, so that's I was, money shot right that's there. That's a man. skill. Yes, yeah. I was very impressed with her. So okay, that was, good uh, job, Ava. You know, because yeah. I mean, the Bokes, we're not genetically disposed did, towards did basketball. We're kind of short. You know, that's all right. Uh, hey, she she almost beat me. I was impressed <laughs> with how. But you know, I, I can't. You know, yeah, you can't. I you give can't. my kids no quarter. They got to earn it. You know, like it's uh, <laughs> that, wow. that's how it goes. I build but, their confidence. Yeah. No, she did great. So we we did that, and then Lena and I kind of got to hang out and play a new video game. We were both really looking forward to. So that was that was pretty Tell us the game. Yeah. So it's uh. It's, it's a Star yeah, it's yeah. a Star Wars game, of course. You know, I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So it's a really se- yeah. yeah. I don't know if anyone knew <laughs> that. Would have never guessed yeah. that, <laughs> right? So it's, it's like a, me and the Bulldogs. Yeah. I was like, enough. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a sequel to again. It's called Jedi Survivor, which okay. is really great. The funniest part about it is you can customize your character. And so I I put mine on with uh, like an undershirt, and he had a mullet, and I'm like, Lena, this is <laughs> peak uh, Jedi right here. She did not like that. So it was uh, it was well, pretty mullets, okay. I saw a few mullets at that football. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Over Jordan, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. wow. We're, we're, we're in the south. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But no, it was. Uh, it was. And if you have a mullet, congratulations. We're very happy. You, you, but um, no, it was. A, it was a pretty laid back weekend for us as well. But kind of just enjoyed getting to hang out and kind of the the last nice little stretch of weather before it's it's about to really it got turn up. I think. This weekend. Yeah, it's about to get worse. I mean, we had all that nice cool weather yeah. all last yeah. weekend. The weekend was, I was like, yeah. oh, it's so great. No, it's yeah, time I, for summer. I, I yeah. looked at uh, at Mother's Day forecast because you know we have our photo. Booths right, going up, and, right. You know, small chance of rain. You know that it is what it is, and but uh, it's going to be in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So it's a great time Super to be awesome. inside, and yeah. so that's going to be a great place for folks to be this weekend. There for you Mother's go. Day. I like so, that. Yeah. yeah, we got four photo booths. Should be a really great time. You know, honoring uh, honoring mom. So there it should be, should be a good time. Nice. But this past weekend, we continued our message series on Sermon on the Mount, and uh, I, I loved the title of your message this past weekend. I'll never forget. You know, Adam sends us his <laughs> notes to put it in the screen, and the title I look at it says "Offending Everybody." So, what made you pick the title "Offending Everybody" for this sermon? So sometimes when you sit down to write a sermon, you read the first verse, and you're like, oh, I know what the title of the sermon needs to be. And so you kind of sure. type the sermon title, yeah. and then you write the sermon. Some weeks you write the sermon, and you let the sermon give you the title. Right. Right. This yeah. was one of those okay. weeks. <laughs> After writing the sermon, I'm like, yep, everybody's going to be offended. Everybody. So I just decided, let's roll with it. Yeah. Like, let's go yeah. ahead and let everybody know up top. Offending you know, everybody. Buckle up. Yeah. You know, get ready. Yeah. Um, you know, I... <laughs> 
I, I didn't write it. <laughs> right. But if I teach it accurately, there's a good chance if you hear it accurately, mm. right. it's going to yeah. offend you. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I figured let's roll with it. And then obviously we'll get to this later. At the end of the message, kind of said that that was kind of a means to an end. Sure. But yeah, you would have been offended then when you heard it. And you probably and... got uncomfortable a few times yesterday during the, the message right. if you heard it. And, and so for anyone who didn't hear it, our main subject matter yesterday was this idea of purity. Right. Uh, you know, really have to do with sexual purity. Right. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. Well, speaking of sexual purity, that's, you know, we'll start there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long journey of things that we're going to talk about. <laughs> right. As we offend everybody. everyone, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so sexual purity, you said it starts with uh, a commitment at a heart level. And then you said that the church seems to have punted on sexual purity. Why do you think that is? Is that like a culture thing? Actually, we just don't talk about it as much as we used to. Hmm. I mean, when I grew yeah. up, you know, we were doing true love weights and promise rings yeah, and signing yeah, pledge yeah, cards and that. everything in between. Now, look, there was a shadow side to all of that, okay? <laughs> right. But but at least we were holding we were up this value yeah. for, for teenagers and saying, you know, there's a different way. Right? Yeah. There's a different way. We, we know that this is what everybody's telling you you're supposed to do, but there's a different way, and here is that way, and here's why. Um, I used to teach... Um, sex ed to middle school boys in public schools. You are a brave man. <laughs> brave so, guy. So uh, when I was a student pastor, you know, they we would go in and it was an abstinence-based curriculum, mm-hmm. which is why they recruited community leaders and, and student pastors to come into the public sure. schools. And we had, like, I had the same group of middle school boys five consecutive days for like, you know, 30, 45 minutes, and I'm supposed to teach them this abstinence-based program. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> attempted to teach sex ed to middle school boys in a public school. <clears throat> It's not easy. Uh, I can imagine. And so I always started the same, you know, because you do this several times a year. So that Monday, I would always start the, cl- the class the same way. You know, mm-hmm. hey, my name's Adam. I'm going to be with you for the next five days. Yeah. And your school decided to bring me in because I'm an expert in how to t- teach all of you to have an amazing sex life. Well, at that point, <laughs> I had their attention. Yeah, that's right. No All kidding. the middle school boys were just freeze. Like, what? What did you just say? <laughs> Over the next five days, I'm going to teach you how to have an amazing sex life. And I had their attention. Yeah, no kidding. And, and what I and then see. unpacked for the next five days is the best way to have an amazing sex life is to abstain from sex until you get married one day. And I'm the only person that's ever said that to them in their mm-hmm. life, that right. there is another way. And I'm basing that on not this restrictive, legalistic mindset of the Bible. I'm basing that promise that I'm delivering to them on the principle that purity paves the way for intimacy. Mm -hmm. That if you will keep yourselves sexually pure, one day when you enter into a marriage, you're going to have built a foundation that will allow you to grow in intimacy with your spouse. Because what the world does is it takes this desire for intimacy, and it says the way you can meet that desire is through sex, through some type of physical intimacy. And so a lot of people um, are looking for intimacy, but they've convinced themselves they're looking for sex. So they Mm -hmm. seek out sex. They have sex with multiple partners. And all that does is create hurt, Mm -hmm. anxiety, shame, guilt, and it reduces not to the point of impossibility, but it reduces in the immediate here and now the ability to truly experience intimacy. Hmm. So people who do enter into a marriage that have had, you know, multiple sex partners along the way, God's grace is sufficient. Right. And obviously we know that. But there are going to be some things that have to be worked through to establish some intimacy that can lead to trust, not just in the bedroom, but really through every area of life. Right. And so sexual purity is such a big deal because Paul says in one of his letters that 
that sexual sins are the only sins that we actually commit against ourselves, against our own bodies. So there are different levels of emotional consequences with sexual sin. The sexual sins can be forgiven just like any other sin, but but you you as an individual are left to deal with other consequences that some other sins do not bring into your life. So these are all the reasons why God says Mm. sexual purity matters. God's not trying to keep you from something. He's trying Mm. to keep you for something. And And I really believe with all my heart that what I told those middle school boys is still true, that the best way to have an amazing sex life is to abstain from sex until you marry a partner one day, a godly spouse, and then, you know, sex is from God. It was his idea. Mm -hmm. Our culture uses sex to sell car tires and beer, but, like, that's not God's intent with sex. And so, you know, as many different analogies as you can come up with as you talk to your kids about sex, I mean, they've all been, you know, put out there, and there's a lot of good ones. I mean, the one that I talk about with my boys all the time is we have a fireplace. And I'm like, you know, we built that fire. That's a pretty powerful fire. And it's great as long as it stays in that fireplace. Right. right. <laughs> that spreads and burns down our right. house. That's bad. And I'm like, that's like sex. And they're yeah. like, Dad, do we really have to talk about sex again? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> and so we start talking about sex again. So just remember, like sex is like, if it, it, outside of the boundaries that God has said, right. it can bring destruction. It can right. burn your life down, burn yeah. your house to the ground. Yeah. And I was on the phone last week with a buddy of mine. We hadn't talked in a long time, probably about five years. And uh, he's telling me about his teenage son, who's he's a little older than Sam. Mm-hmm. And because um, I said, anything I pray for you about? And he said, man, just pray for our family right now. My son's really going through a difficult season. He said, this girl, man, she just broke his heart. Mm-hmm. You know, his son was in a relationship. The girl, you know, and he's, he's lashing out in anger and in violence. And, you know, and, and he said, we don't know what to do. And so, you know, there's, there's all these things that we're trying to guide our kids. But I have found all my years of student ministry and now as a parent and then even with adults, when you talk about what God's Word says, you know, don't back down. Don't mm-hmm. apologize. This yeah, is right. what it says. But then also help people see this is why it says it. And to go back yeah. to your original question, it just feels like we're not talking about that as much as yeah. we used to. Yeah. And, and I would like for us to rediscover that conversation because— um, ultimately, you know, I, I want my boys are going to make their own choices. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's between them and the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to guide them as much as possible. But I do hope that one day when they're adults, they at least look back and go, hey, Dad, I get it. I understand right. why you were yeah. trying to guide me from God's perspective. And so I think we need to do that with our own kids. I think we need to do that with students in our student ministry. I think we need to start doing that with kids in fourth and fifth grade yeah. and helping yeah. them understand these things. And so it is a discussion that if the church is silent on, our silence mm-hmm. speaks very loudly because right. every other voice is going yeah. to continue yeah. to speak into this. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was gonna say it's such an uphill battle because I mean, with with the advent of the internet and all of these apps and this, you know, hookup culture for lack of a better word. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what you said there, I think, is so important. If we're not having these conversations, if we are not being proactive about that, then uh, other voices are going to fill the void. Yep. And so right. I, I, yeah. I really appreciate you know the opportunity to have. So <laughs> you talked about intimacy there, and, and I want to I want to unpack this, and I love what you said there about purity paves the way for intimacy. So. Oftentimes, when we use this word intimacy, it, it, it conjures up you know physical sexual relation. Does intimacy go beyond that, or is it is it just a sexual thing? Oh no, I think intimacy uh, precedes sexual intimacy. Okay, so I think emotional intimacy that exists at a heart level, and there's nothing better than three men discussing intimacy. Right. This is fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, I think that true intimacy is to be known 
and to fully know someone else. Sure. So, you know, setting aside the, the weirdness for a second, like I can have an intimate relationship with a dude, mm-hmm. like a really close yeah. friend. Yeah. He knows everything about me. Yeah. I know everything about him. We hold one another accountable. Right. He knows all of my warts, scars, problems, weaknesses, sure. and he still loves me. That's mm-hmm. a true friend. Yeah. So in life, you'll probably only have about two to three people that you could truly say, I have that type of relationship mm-hmm. with. They will love me no matter what. Yeah. Okay. So not every friend you make becomes that type sure, of friend. Right. Of but if you take that level of trust and you bring it into a marriage, <clears throat> that has to exist across the board before you ever even begin to talk about the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So if, if you just try to take intimacy and you've never worked towards building that level of trust and knowing and understanding, and what most people do in a marriage is they try to convince their spouse to see things from their perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see it all the time. It's like, well, if she would just listen to where I'm coming from, or if he would just <clears throat> understand my perspective, instead of doing everything they can to, you know, Stephen Covey said it, fir- said it best, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm-hmm. So seek first to understand your spouse. And, mm-hmm. and, and when you do that, you're building intimacy. Yeah, you're building right. trust. And, and, and a marriage that's built on intimacy and built on trust, that is going to um, be a marriage that experiences the benefits of that in every area of their marriage. I mean, let's just be real. We talk about real things here on the podcast. Sure. You know, your sex life is a very small percentage of your marriage right. if you look at the, <laughs> right. uh, the amount of hours in a week. Right. So, I mean, you know, in many ways, like, yes, that's a very important part. It's, yeah. it's a gift from God. It's a part of every healthy marriage. But intimacy has to take place in multiple other areas with your right. communication and with your finances and with your parenting and with your in-laws. Right. And, with, yeah. and you've got to build that trust in, in, in every area. And then yeah. I do believe there's a little bit of a bleed over in the benefits of those areas. But it, to, to only associate intimacy with sex is a mistake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we do counseling occasionally and I'll have occasionally talk to guys. They say, you know, they're not very satisfied. And I, and I want to go with their sex life. And I want to go, well, do you do the dishes? Do you take out the trash? Are you building, like what you just said, are you building that trust and that intimacy mm-hmm. in the other areas of your life? Because if not, that's not going to be reflected in, in, in the bedroom, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are some men that take out the trash and do the dishes, and that means nothing. That's right. So, right. you know, I tell Gotta men all the time, you don't have to understand women, just a woman. That's right. That's <laughs> exactly yours. Right. They're all different. Yeah, that's exactly so right. So part of the discovery of, of your wife is learning what fuels her heart, what <laughs> feeds her heart, what makes her feel loved, what makes her feel appreciated. Right. This is where tools like the the love languages are mm-hmm. helpful, and you know, and, and but even that is is you know, you can't just always go on right. that. Right. You have to learn who you married, and you know, sometimes what your buddies tell you will work won't work. That's right. And yeah. ladies, sometimes what your friends tell you will work won't work. Yeah. But that's part of the discovery. You know, you marry someone and you think you know them. You don't. Mm. You marry someone and then you spend the rest of your life truly getting yeah. to know them. Yeah. And and to me, that's the joy of marriage. It's mm. it's this idea that Morgan and I, we're not the same people that we were 20 years ago, yeah. right. but we are still the same people that mm-hmm. we were 20 years ago. And the mystery of that is what makes a marriage exciting. And so you can you can fall into a bit of a rut at some at, in some different seasons of your marriage if you're not continuing that right. pursuit. That's really yeah, good. That's really good. So you said yesterday, heart adultery follows eye adultery. Uh, and then we can clearly see that Jesus says purity is really important. Uh, he uses some pretty <laughs> dramatic uh, figure of speeches. Yeah. Uh, Pluck out your eyes. Yeah. Cut off your hand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my question is this. What if you accidentally cross path or, you know, um, you see something that you shouldn't? Is that sin? Looking and lusting are not the same thing. Mm. Okay. There's a difference. Yeah. And you can't always control what you see. Right. 
Okay. That's the world we live in. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago, this is a funny story. So years ago, I think I can tell the story. <laughs> Not what. Of course you can. <laughs> so we take a bunch of college students to uh, Slovakia to teach English uh-huh. to uh, high school students. Flying to Paris, flying to Vienna, catch a bus to Slovakia. So we hop on this bus in Vienna to go to Slovakia, mm-hmm. and all the ads on the bus are the women are topless in the ads. <laughs> and so, you know, these college guys are like, Do you see that? But everybody sees it. We, we, you, we don't, you, you don't even out, have man. to say anything. Right, right, right. And so, you know, immediately I'm like, And I'm watching all of you, like eyes straight ahead. Of course, Morgan was there too, so she's going to make sure everybody's eyes were straight right. ahead. So it's the idea like, We couldn't control that. Right. right. You walk on a bus. Oh, wow. A little different in Vienna. Now, we, we lived in New York City for four, four years. I mean, I used to remember going, I used to think about this after Sam was born. How am I going to explain that to him <laughs> when he's old enough? Yeah, no and kidding. he starts saying, Daddy, what was that? Or, you know, or why were those people not wearing any clothes? You know, there's all these different things yeah. you confront living in these places. <laughs> so you can't always control what you see. Yeah. But you can control what you choose to dwell upon. Mm, there we go. Yeah. Yep. What you choose to look at again. Yeah. Where you allow your eyes to linger. Mm. And so you live in a world where there are going to be things that you see that are inappropriate. Right. There, and, and what you're going to have to choose in that moment is, is to look away, is to not dwell upon it. Um, you're going to see people that are attractive, mm. you know, and, and God uses attractiveness in a healthy way for two believers who love Jesus first in the dating process to mm. build this formation of love that leads right. to... Sometimes we take all these words and we only see the, the, how the world's used them. Yeah. Like, being physically attracted to another person is perfectly normal. Right. It's how God created us, yeah. okay? And so, after you get married... Attractive people don't become ugly. Can I say that out loud? Okay. So like you can Wait, be married, yeah, and like that you like that's an attractive person. Well, yeah, I you know that doesn't mean I'm lusting after the person. Right. I mean we're not monsters. We're not animals. Like we have. I made a covenant with my eyes that I wouldn't look right. lustfully upon a woman. Right. So right. you know part of this is just what are you choosing to let your heart dwell upon? What are yeah. you choosing to let your eyes dwell upon? Yeah. And if you are not careful, the the song, Be Careful of Eyes What You See, if you're not careful with what you allow your eyes to look at, you are setting yourself up mm. for adultery. And the statistic I read about pornography, that it, it the, the brain scans of porn addicts, they have the same activity of those who have been addicted to yeah. cocaine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the conversations I have with my boys about never trying drugs once. We were out in Los Angeles one time, Sam and I, and he was little. He's probably six or seven. And I took him with me on a quick little trip out there. And we're driving around Los Angeles, and he's so sweet and cute. And, and at, at that age, he goes, Dad, this is such a great place to live. People even just camp out on the street. You know, We were driving by a homeless community of people yeah. in tents. Yeah. <laughs> and and so for the next hour and a half with my six year old Sam, we talked about the dangers of drug addiction. Yeah. And I tried to help him understand from an early age that everybody that you saw never thought they would be addicted to drugs. Mm. They thought they were just gonna do it once. Right. right. So you, you do it once and what happens? You throw your life away. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to build that same level of fear into them when it comes to pornography. Mm-hmm. So people think like, Oh, it's not a big deal. It's like look at one and you don't understand that we now have the scientific evidence, and right. we've all been told to trust the science, right. that your brain neurologically can get addicted very quickly to yeah. this. And then at that point, the same way we would look at a cocaine addict and go, hey, man, just stop using cocaine. Right. Well, we understand yeah. 
The same, we look at a porn addict and say, hey, stop using porn. Like at a, at a neurological level, there are some things that are happening. Yeah. Well, right. What brought that into their life was a lack of eye discipline. Yeah. What brought right. that into their life was that's not good. making yeah. a covenant with their eyes that they wouldn't. So that's where that connection comes. And, and if, if we're mindful and if we have boundaries and, and all the other things that we place into our lives, like you can walk with the Lord. Yeah. Right. You know, sometimes we, we talk about all these things in a way where we make it seem like it's impossible to pursue righteousness. No, 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 no. The darker mm-hmm. things are, the brighter your light can shine. Right. But you better yeah. be intentional right. and proactive about it, and you can still win. Yeah. yeah. You, know, yeah. you don't have to yeah. give in to the that's things right. of the right. world. Yeah, that's right. But good, you man. better have a good game plan. Yeah. yeah. And, and your point, you know, you mentioned this uh, about how what happened during the pandemic. We gave out all of these Chromebooks, oh, these yeah. laptops. And, you know, I, I see this, I see it a lot where like parents, like hear me, like you are responsible for helping to guard your children and to instruct your children. And like I see, I had a conversation. You know, my eight year old wants a phone. Do not give your eight year old a phone. I mean, you know, and you've <laughs> no. got to be very careful about how you bring that up. And and I think it is such a huge responsibility. But your point about, you know, what's going to happen with that? What's the yeah. result from that going to be? It's it's a, it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. It's so much easier when you're tired and it's the end of the day to just give the boys. You have daughters. Right. Give the daughters the iPads. Go do something. And look, you know what? Our boys will sit there on the couch and they'll play a game together with each of them having their iPads. Right. Uh-huh. So, you know, let's be real. Like, this happens in my home. Yes, absolutely. But there, there's no interaction with anything online. Right. They're yeah. playing with one another. Morgan and I are monitoring that. There's a time restriction. Right. So there's and, – and, and, and what we've had to realize with our boys is this is the only world they've ever known. That's right. Yeah. You know, so technology right. – Looking at an iPad is the same. It's the same thing. This is when I realized this. I'm like, oh wow. When they ask me, "Hey, Dad, can we play this game?" It, it was me turning on TBS to watch Saved by the Bell. That's exactly right. It's yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yes. When yeah, I got yeah, home, yeah. I'm watching Saved by the Bell. Like they don't even think. Let's cut on the TV and see what's on. They want to do this game together. So there's no evil intent That's on their right. part. Yeah. That's right. And so I've had to recognize. You know, they're just they want to watch Saved by the Bell. Yeah. But put a time restriction That's on right. it, right. be monitoring it, be involved in it, and it can be a part of your lives and it can be used in a healthy right. way. Right. But to just have no restrictions or just fully yeah. trust right. or I don't want to be up in their business or or think that there aren't adult predators out there that are working their way right. into these right. things. Like you're just being naive. Right. And so yeah. yeah, your kids can have technology as long as you're very proactive and you're involved in it. Right. right. And That's you have really to good. develop a game plan as they get older to introduce them to that. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, internet ain't going away. And no. it's more and more a <laughs> Wait, part of our what? life. No. And so it's, it's the age-old thing of like, you have to teach your kids to want to be obedient with that. So I, th- I think yeah. your point was, was yeah, a very yeah. good one there. So shifting gears a little bit, you said something yesterday. Uh, you talked about how women have been kind of given a back seat uh, over church history when it comes to this idea of lust and their responsibility versus men. And you even quoted a, a couple of uh, uh, Bible <laughs> commentaries where there were some pretty misogynistic things that were yeah. said, probably in an attempt to, uh, you know, rationalize sin or, you know, make yeah. things okay. So my question for you is this, like, what can we do as a church to not let that happen again? Mm. We need to show our sisters in Christ respect. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how to say it any other way, mm. but we need to treat our sisters in Christ with the utmost respect. Mm. And it goes counter to the heart of God, counter to the teaching of the New Testament to somehow insinuate that the lust 
that a man has in his heart is to be blamed for how a woman was dressing. Mm -hmm. I can't find that in the New Testament. Right. (laughs) Now, I can find plenty of things in the New Testament that do speak to modesty. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot there. And if I had daughters, I would spend some time in those passages with my daughters. But those passages... Are, are not to be used to then say, and when men are lusting, it's because women weren't following these passages. And that's the, the sentiment that yeah. I've picked up on. Yep. And it was a sentiment that, unfortunately, was uh, perpetuated in a lot of churches like that I was growing up in. You know, every year when you go to camp, like all the girls were taught, you know, make sure you don't wear clothes like this because— I mean, I heard someone say one time, so that your you know brothers in the youth group don't stumble. Stumble and fall, yeah. 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 I, yeah we I heard, heard that, that too, well, yeah. On what planet was that a biblical thought? The amount of insecurity that must have built into those young ladies yeah. and and the wrong picture that it planted in the minds of these teenage boys that, fr- that, that women are to first and foremost be viewed as sexual creatures. Mm-hmm. No. They're image bearers of God right. yeah. that deserve respect. And the moment you are looking at women as sexual creatures— you're so far outside of God's will, I don't even know where to start, <laughs> that the only woman you're ever supposed to even look at that way, think about that way, consider that way, is your own wife. Right. So until you have one, you're not supposed to do that with any Stop of them. It. Right. That's right. <laughs> right? See what I'm saying? So to present women—and and listen, I, I want to I talk about this for a second. You know, let, let's be careful, parents. You know, um, you may have a beautiful daughter— you know, I, I don't. I have beautiful boys. You know? <laughs> and I, I love the, the John Lennon song, you know, beautiful, beautiful boy. All right, so I got beautiful boys. If you have a beautiful daughter and someone says to you, oh, you better be careful. When she gets older, there's going to be all kind of a, like, you need to speak against that. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We're not worried about that because my young daughter walks with Jesus and he guides her life. Don't yeah. let someone speak that into existence yeah. over her without countering it. Right. Yeah. Because that seed does not need to be planted. That person is is literally looking at your daughter and speaking about her in a way that forms an identity around her attractiveness and or sexual nature. That's wrong. wrong. Yes, it is. Yeah. So as the parent, just speak yeah. against that. Oh, no, no, no. We're not worried about that at all. She's a beautiful young lady who walks with Jesus, and we know she's going to continue that. And and you, you you know, now, you know, don't don't give them a left hook either. Right. I, I don't think they're trying to be terrible, right. Right. but it's so in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to get my shotgun with my daughter. What are you doing? You're planting a seed in your daughter's mind that that should be the way she leads herself when yeah. she gets into those years, right. teenage years, mm-hmm. 20s. That's how the world raises kids. That's how the world speaks to these things. Don't speak to those things. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, somebody may be listening right now and go, hey, you're making a way too big a deal about that. Maybe I am. But I would rather be intentional about speaking to these things than casual and not yeah. speak to these yeah, things absolutely. at all. Yeah. You know, and so I just think we have to work at that because we inherited a culture that, that just has all this in the water in right. church. Mm-hmm. Right. All yeah. this in the water in church. Yeah. And so our generation, you know, we got some cleaning up to do. Yeah. And yeah. so we need to engage that in a proactive way. Now, our kids will have to clean up some stuff that we did wrong. Right. We get yeah. that. But we can at least see this for what it is and speak towards that's it. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's circle back to uh, what we were talking about a little bit before. Um, like, you spoke about the harmful effects of pornography. So we are talking about that earlier. Um what are some practical things that uh, uh, men and women can do if they're stuck uh, in that pattern of sin um, or to avoid it altogether? 
So uh, we did this event at the Journey Church in New York City. I, I, I we could probably do this here. Um, I'm okay. not sure. We'll find out at the end of this podcast. But <laughs> it was called. Uh, you let us know. <laughs> porn and pastries, and porn and pancakes. <clears throat> So you think if we could get think we could get by with that? So the porn and pastries <laughs> like event pancakes. was yeah, for like... the was for the women in the church, okay. and the porn and pancakes was for the men in the church. Okay. So we had two consecutive Saturdays. Yeah. We do two breakfasts. Yeah, pancakes are cool. And we brought in this outside organization, um, Christian organization, yeah. that uh, works specifically with people who have you know become addicted to pornography. Yeah. But they were coming to speak to the reality of the the pornography industry sure. and okay. what nobody yeah. will tell you about it and. Um, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was there, the, the, the porn and pancakes breakfast, and <clears throat> some of the men in our church were there with their sons that yeah. were you know, 10, 12, 13 years old, and, yeah. and Sam had just been born. And so I remember thinking, man, if Sam were this age, I would so have him here to listen to the... And it was a great, great event. So part of that is what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Part of that is porn and pastries, porn and pancakes. Let's get this out in the open. Yeah. Let's talk Let's about talk this. About it. Yeah. Let's not let the white elephant in the room just yeah. stay the elephant in the room. Nobody yeah. ever speaks about it. Is it white elephant? That's the Christmas gift. Is it big yeah. elephant, red elephant, uh, white elephant? Uh, elephant, elephant? I think it's just, just an elephant. It's just yeah. elephant. Right. It can be I mean, any you color. Can, you can yeah. throw yeah. I mean, yeah. So white elephant's color. the Christmas. Isn't that right. where you do the yes. gift exchange? So it's an elephant in the room. Red elephants on Alabama fans like those. I've never figured out the correlation with the Anyway, so I digress. The elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, part of that is this. Yeah. Y- you, you start to talk about it. And then when you begin to talk about it, what you begin to find is there are tons of ministries out there that, that work specifically with helping people, one, who are in an addiction, mm-hmm. but then two, preventative. Mm-hmm. You know, w- yep. what are some things you can do um, to, to prevent either with your technology mm-hmm. or through accountability? And so it's like everything else we talk about on this, on this podcast. Like if you're proactive about it and you have a plan, like you can counter that. Now, in your everyday life, I would just say, you know, you, you've got to manage your technology. Yeah. Don't let your technology manage you. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think I've taught this principle before, before, but, you know, everybody's technology should have a bedtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yes. You, you, yeah. you yes. know, if, if the last thing you're doing before you fall asleep at night is looking at your phone, no. um, that's actually, there's a lot of science that yes. that's affecting your sleep. Yes. That's not even what we're right. talking about. Right, right, so, right. you know, you, you you have your phone, you have your technology, there's the good things you do with it, and then there's a point where you put, put it, it away. Right. You know, and so I would just say build in some healthy boundaries and yep. some healthy rhythms and then, you know, stick with that. But if you're already in a place where you're too far gone and you're like, man, I, th- then there are plenty of ministries and organizations out there that we can put you into contact with that this is all they do. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they help people with this. Yeah. yeah and something important I thought that you said yesterday, I mean, was the trafficking aspect of this, that yeah. by consuming pornography, you are supporting human trafficking. And, yep. and that is, I mean, it's a reality that I just don't think many folks take into account and think about. Yeah. It's awful. So I, I do want to ask you this. You you mentioned your, your second point. You talked about being intentional in every area of our life with purity in, in order to experience close, you know, total trust in our close relationships. And, and so my question for you is like, what does that kind of practically look like in our lives? Are there people in our lives that we literally tell every single little thing that happens and know everything about us? Or like, what does that look like to experience that total trust in, in, in relationships? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure if if I went home tonight and tried to tell Morgan every little thing that happened in my life today, at some point she'd be like, "Okay, we're good." You know? so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you got to you got to find. The <laughs> that's good. Sorry, yeah. that's good. Yeah. You know, find find the rhythm of what works in your marriage, but the heart behind the question, my answer would be yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, not literally everything. There's no yeah. part of my life that's secret. <laughs> right. To Morgan, to you, to Hardy, to Matt, to yeah. the governance board. You know, I'm yeah. an open book. You know? <laughs> right. So that, that, you are, my that's friend. kind of how my life is is led and and, yeah. and I'm great with that because I got nothing to hide. So I would say that if if you're not living your life that way, you need to live your life that way with yeah. your spouse, with a close friend. Um, you know, because yeah, there there shouldn't be any secret areas of your life. That's a good way. I, yeah. I mean, that all of your life should be lived in the open, you know. So and if you live that way, you're not what, what do you have to worry about? Right. Yeah. You know, th- yeah. there's nothing that somebody could quote unquote find out. There's, right. there's nothing to find out here, right. you know. So I would say if if your life isn't set up in a way where you can't live it that way, then you need to get somebody to help guide you in a way where you can live your life that way. And every man of God that I would consider a close friend lives his life that way. Yeah. Like, this is the norm for the people I, I roll with. And never forget, you're going to become like the three to five people you spend the most time with. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the people yes. that you surround yourself with, if they're, if what we're saying right now, if they would listen to that and go, that's stupid, you need to find three to five new people to surround that's your life right. with. Yeah, true. You need to find some <laughs> new friends at church that go, that's exactly how I need to live my life. Yeah. yeah. Because, there, there are a lot of benefits to living your life that way. So yeah. absolutely. I mean, in a, in a healthy marriage, the husband and the wife know everything right, about yeah, each other. Right. You know I mean? There, there's nothing to hide there. I yeah. think that's a really healthy thing. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah. someone goes, well, that, that must mean you don't trust each other. It doesn't mean that at all. Right. I yeah. mean, it, it it's kind of the exact opposite. Because yeah. we do trust each other completely. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no... There's nothing. You, to, there, yeah, there's you no passwords or passcodes yeah. that I have that Christy doesn't. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. None of that's. Yeah. Check out my phone. Look at everything you want on. to. And you don't need to say anything, right? Because right. they know. Right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we talked about divorce yesterday. Um, you mentioned uh, Scripture gives us infidelity as a reason for divorce. So does that mean that if that happens, that divorce, like we have to do that? Um, um, or it, what? What? What is some some advice that you would give somebody that's walking through that? Uh, is that is there are there options for that? There are options, yeah. and it's hard to give generic advice because right. I think that the principle there is every situation is, is different and needs yeah. to be examined. Um, and I've seen it go every imaginable way. Yeah, you know, people who go through a season of infidelity and they choose to rebuild trust and rebuild their marriage and they stay married. You know, mm-hmm. for a long time. I've seen couples that. Um, they don't even have a conversation about that, and the, and the divorce is finalized, and yeah. they both move on. I've seen couples that try to work it out eventually mm-hmm. do get a divorce. And so I think that the, the principle I would suggest in a situation like that is you need to have a third party mm-hmm. help guide some healthy discussions. Yeah. Someone yeah. who loves Jesus, who reads the Bible, who's not just another person in your life group. Yeah, probably an expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Yes, probably not even a pastor. Probably <laughs> an expert. An, an this expert. is what they do. Right. This is their expertise. This is what they have training for. And, and here's why I always come back to that: experts, <clears throat> for in this particular case, let's say a, a marriage counselor, yeah. biblically based, mm-hmm. a, a Christian psychologist, biblically based mm-hmm. experts. Yeah, experts don't just listen to what's being said; they listen to what's not being said. Right. right. Yes, That's where their exactly. expertise shows up. They will pick up on things that other people won't. Mm-hmm. And that's where their diagnosis and their plan of action is built on truth because they're able to discern, See, right. yep. okay, well, what are we? what's not being said here and how do we need to factor that in and then draw that out? And so I would say that that would be the principle I would encourage yeah. if, you, if you're in that season and you're looking for next steps. Let somebody guide you right. who loves yep. Jesus right. and who has yep. some expertise because 
it's very difficult to chart a course forward when you've gone through something as traumatic as that. And so the church can continue to love both people in the process, but as far as what you're going to do with the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you're probably going to need to have someone guide you. And and that's what I've told every couple I've ever met with in 23 years of ministry that has told me that. Yeah, that's like, good. listen, I love you. I'm going to pray for you right now, and then I'm going to help you find somebody right. that can help right. you, but I'll continue to pray for you, you yeah. know, in, in the meantime. But And then ultimately, you're going to have to be led by the Lord with what you think He's leading you to do in your right. particular situation. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and, and I think this is a good moment to, to talk about the website, or excuse me, the email address yeah. you mentioned yesterday, that if you are struggling with <clears throat> pornography, if you are struggling with sexual sin, or if you are struggling with divorce, all these different things, we have our website, help at vaughnforce.com, yeah. or excuse me, email address, I keep saying website, email address, help at vaughnforce.com, yeah. where we, as your pastors, like you said, that's not something that goes out everywhere, but we can help put you in touch with someone who is going to be able to yeah. help you, and we will love you, we will pray for you and uh, in, in that process. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up today, I want to get to your last point. You, you mentioned that uh, in, in this, Jesus is leveling the playing field uh, for all sinners in the Scripture. I want to unpack that a little bit more. What, what did you mean by that? Well, people categorize sins. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, they did it back then, and, and we do it now. And and the reason why we all do it is because we understand intuitively there are categories of sins. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it's yeah. like when I say that, everybody's like, well, of course we do, because right. there's a little difference between telling a white lie and robbing a bank. Right. You know, it's like there's nah. a difference between, you know, getting in a fight. And murdering someone. It's like, okay, <laughs> right. so, I mean, how many more examples can I come up right, with, right? right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and intuitively, the reason why we see those differences is because we understand they're going to bring with them different consequences. Right. And, and God actually wired us that way. I mean, God created us with this innate ability to recognize injustice and right and wrong. And and that's a really um, controversial statement that I just made, because in most, you know, postmodern thought, it's like, no, you know, truth is relative and there is no right or wrong and there is no. Yeah. And I used to, you know, be on the debate team in college and right. we would get into these debates <laughs> with um, some teams that were from, let me just say, more liberal institutions than sure. ours. And yeah, we sure. would oftentimes find ourselves in these types of discussions. And when you find yourself in that type of discussion, the only way to take the discussion forward in a way where people begin to realize that's actually a bunch of crap, there really is right and wrong, the only way to take the conversation there is to get it dark pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about genocide. In what culture is the Holocaust okay? I'll let you talk now. Like, let's talk about genocide. And what culture is what went down in Rwanda in the early to mid-90s? Okay, your turn. And what culture is it okay an hour after a baby is born to take a sword and slice that baby in half? Which is why Solomon used that illustration with the two moms that were fighting over the baby. Because there's something in all of us that when we see that and hear that, we all go, that's wrong. Right. Yeah. Okay. So God has put something in every human heart to recognize that... Genocide and and those those are wrong. Right, like, there's right. no you know so, and 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 all that to say that we recognize different consequences. So what ends up happening then, the 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 inevitable conclusion is we develop a ranking system. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is cultural Christianity. Right. Mm-hmm. So as long as your sins don't tip too far on the ledger right. to the bad side, right. as long as the good outweighs the bad, acceptable sins. then yeah. when you get ready to go to heaven one day, God's going to go, we're good. You know, the, the good you did in your life outweighed the bad. Mm-hmm. And that's why most people in, you know, still in our country would ca- call themselves a Christian because they want a, a tip of the cap to hopefully get to spend all of eternity with a big guy upstairs. You right. know, yeah. right. I've, I've, I'm not as bad as a lot of people. So the most gracious thing Jesus could ever do is annihilate that way of thinking. To just absolutely, you know, toss a grenade at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and make sure yeah, everybody cats. knows, hold up. Yeah. The way y'all have constructed this thought process, paradigm, society is missing the heart of God. Yeah. And the heart of God is that all of you are sinners. So up until this point, when it comes to sexual sin, you guys were all thinking, as long as I haven't committed adultery or slept with somebody other than my spouse, I'm good. And Jesus like, no, you're not good because you've lusted in your heart, every single one of you, and that's actually adultery. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're all on the same page. Now he just leveled the playing right. field. Okay. So Jesus is doing that for them, and if we read his words accurately today, we should all be offended. Yeah. It's like, but I signed the the I went to the True Love Weights rally. You know, I wore a pledge ring. I got the ring. You know, yeah, I yeah, saved yeah, myself yeah. for marriage. Yeah. You know, and I've been faithful in my marriage. Like, surely I've got one up on everybody else. God says, no. You don't have one up on everybody else. Because if you've ever lusted in your heart, you're just as guilty. Mm-hmm. So what 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 the same thing, like the you know, the, the Christian have built themselves up, say, well, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And read Matthew 5, just like, but have you lusted in your heart? So you did do that. Mm-hmm. And good. it just, it, it, it messes. It's like, yeah. no, I'll, every, no, but I, but it's like, no. Jesus, yeah. So what Jesus is trying to do now is still annihilate that way of thinking, throw a grenade at it. Look, I, it doesn't matter if you, you know, attended the True Love Waits rally and you quote unquote saved yourself for marriage and, and you've been living faithfully. Those are all wonderful things yeah. right. that I would encourage. We sure, talked yeah. about sexual right. purity earlier. Right. Yeah. But the moment you somehow take pride in that, you're missing out yeah. on the heart of scripture, which actually leveled the playing field with you being on the same playing field as somebody who did the opposite of all those things right. because you've lusted in your heart. Right. right. And yeah. so Jesus's goal isn't to offend everybody. Jesus's goal is to remind everyone you're all sinners saved by grace, and that is offensive. Mm-hmm. The, the message of the gospel will always bring about an offense. Mm. You're a yeah. sinner in need of a Savior. You don't have what it takes. You need someone to rescue or save you. There's an offense to that. Right. And so, yeah, I, I titled the message Offending Everybody, but that's a means to an end. Sure. And we have to offend some people sometimes in order to point out their need for a Savior. Yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, if we just tell everybody, no, 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 you're doing great. Life's wonderful. You just keep relying on yourself. We're just paving the way for hell to hell yeah, for them. Yeah. You know? yeah. If my kid's playing in the street and a car is coming, and I'm like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. That's not love. Yeah. No. yeah, You know, so I said some pretty harsh things in the message yesterday, and I and I understand that, but my heart behind it was to free people up. Right. Not to condemn them. Right. But, yeah, but yeah. you've got to speak to those things, um, and, and I think that I've had men do that in my life. Right. You know, right. speak to these things. Speak to the hard things. And and so, yeah, the, 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 le- the, the playing field is level. So now, it doesn't matter what your past is. You know, I think that's the other thing I've, I've talked to. Again, you spend a whole lot of years in student ministry and college ministry. You know, I've talked to more than one guy who's, you know, 21, 22 years old. And he's like, dude, man, everything you just talked about, I've done the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had multiple sexual partners 
um, there's no way God's going to bless me with an amazing godly woman. Like I, I, th- I don't deserve that. Yeah. So yeah. what, what am I supposed to do? And so, okay, let's gospel this for a minute. First of all, nobody deserves a godly spouse. Right. <laughs> it, it, God doesn't give you a godly spouse based on merit. Right. So yeah. you're good there. Nothing like that. Did, yeah. That's not the basis of you having a godly spouse. Yeah. The, the basis of you attracting a godly spouse is becoming the type of person that a godly spouse would want to marry. Right. Right. So let's play this scenario out. One day you're sitting, you know, at Zaxby's or McDonald's or Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, depending on how much you like this girl, and you're sitting there with her <laughs> and you say to her, like, hey, here's the deal. And she's awesome. Like she loves Jesus. Yeah. And you're like, this is this is man, this is somebody I, I'd like to spend the rest of my life with. You look at her and you go, Hey, there was a season of my life and this is what I did. Multiple sexual partners. No need to go into all the details, but I just need you to know that. And then there was this guy named Adam. He was kind of weird, but like he actually taught the Bible, and I listened to him, and he said this, and I went and met with him, and we had this conversation. I said, now here's how the rest of the conversation can go with that girl. You can either say, so after that conversation, I decided to keep myself sexually pure, and I have up until this point in my life. Or you can look at her and go, after that conversation, I was like, yeah, but since I've already messed up, I might as well stay on that same track. Mm-hmm. Or you can tell her that. Which conversation do you think she wants to hear in that moment? He goes, the first one I go. Bing, bing, bing. Okay. <laughs> yep. so, right. Winner. You know, if she's been saved by grace, yeah. she's not going to hold your past against you. Yeah. But she also is going to know that there is evidence that you've been walking with the Lord. Right. Right. And so if, if that's your story, I would. if you were sitting across from me right now, that's what I would tell you. Yeah. That's yep. your choice right now. You right. can commit to sexual purity from this point forward, yeah. or you can stay on the path you're on. And the path that you're on will determine the person that you attract. Mm. And um, people don't get what they want. They get who they are. Yeah. And so oh, if somebody good. else out there loves Jesus, they're looking for somebody who loves Jesus. And right. if you're living in a way where you don't love Jesus, you're not going to attract the person who loves Jesus. That's right. So, you know, that's the choice you get to make. God's not going to hold your past against you. Your future spouse won't hold your past against you if they're walking with Jesus too. Yeah. But you do have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. And it will be countercultural, but th- you will be doing things God's way from this point forward. And I think that's a really good way to live. Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. good. And that is really good. Well, I've enjoyed this conversation, gentlemen, and yeah. we are going to be continuing this message series this Sunday morning at 9 30 and 11 sermon on the mount uh we will continue on with the next verses join us here on campus for mother's day get some good uh, right. photos made Reminders. Now, if, you're, if you're listening to this haven't gotten mama present like make sure you, that you, you got go, amazon yeah, yeah amazon. that's right yeah depending on when you're listening to this amazon can still bail you out <laughs> if not i would encourage Hopefully you it's today yeah i would that's encourage right. you maybe maybe there's a cvs open or something like that who knows yeah. but anyway but no we uh gentlemen i appreciate the conversation and we appreciate you t- you tuning in to the other six podcasts on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy, Jonathan, myself. We will catch you guys next time.